Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how's it going today, man? It is great. I am, as soon as we hang up here, just to pull back the curtain, it's Monday morning around 1030. The second I hang up with you, I'm picking up my 10-year-old at his camp, picking up my 70-ish-year-old father, and we are heading to Canton for a day of Hall of Fame fun. Sounds like an awesome, awesome guys trip. Yeah, the Williamson men are out hanging together. That'll be fun for sure. There's going to be a lot of fun in the football world today because today is the kickoff of the Scott Fish Bowl, SFB7, and we have the man himself, Scott Fish, uh, along with being the creator of the Scott Fish Bowl. He's also a senior analyst at Fanball. He is a senior writer and developer at DLF, and he is one of the co-hosts, along with myself, of the Bull Rush podcast. Scott, how are you today? What's going on, guys? This is uh, one hell of a busy day, and this has become a tradition two years in a <laughs> row on the morning of. It's kind of fun. Yeah, we were, we're honored. <laughs> we are, for sure. I know I know you're busy today with all of your responsibilities, not only SFB, but everything you have going on, and we're glad you could take a few minutes to talk with us about that. No, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a good day. I, I'm not sure who I'm picking yet, and we're 30 minutes away. Oh, Scott, I'm going off script right off the bat. And I know Ryan put a time in. He always writes these wonderful you know, blueprints for us and, and outlines. But just tell us what your day is going to be like today, because not only are you picking the team, but you're going to have 9000 idiots like us getting you know in your ear telling about all their problems and all their issues. Is today nuts for you? Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit. I have two computers, each with a second monitor. So I have basically four screens going. And I, I pretty much wait for problems to happen while I fill satellites and uh, do interviews and radio shows and whatnot. It's, it's a busy day. My, my eyes are going to be glued to the screens, though. Awesome. That's fun. Scott, we're going to talk a ton of SFB today, of course, with you. Before we get to that, though, I'd, I'd love to hear more about this new role you have, your, your new job. Uh, you're working for Fanball, and I know that's a name that a lot of fantasy players might know and remember from a few years back, and, and now they're back. So tell us about Fanball. Tell us about your responsibilities there and, and how you got hooked up with them. Yeah, uh, John Tuvey, who has been part of Fantasy Football Weekly with Paul Charchian, and you know he's been around the industry for years and years and years and years. He contacted me, I believe, in January, wanting, asking me if I thought I wanted to make fantasy my full-time job, which is, I mean, it's the dream come true. So I, you know, hemmed and hawed a little because I was in the middle of a 15-year career, but I decided to take the leap because my wife said I absolutely had to, which was nice support. And now I'm at Fanball and to my daily duties, writing about football players, ranking football players, podcasting, that kind of stuff. It's, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And the reason I loved Fanball back in the day is they were hilarious. They ranked the Burger King as a tight end. They ranked Vince Papali as a wide receiver in their draft magazines. They, they wrote hilarious things. And I knew, that, I knew that I'd be a good fit there. I'd be able to write some funny stuff. Scott, real quick, I mean – uh, I commend your decision. I, I don't know if the finances work out in your favor or against you or whatever, but for someone that has not had a real job now for going on 15 years, I think it'll make you happy. I think you'll love it. We got to get Ryan to quit this teaching career and join <laughs> us as you know, full-time lunatics. And what did you do before? What, what career did you give up? I had worked 15 years of manual labor at Pepsi. 
um, which was killing my back. I was sleeping at night and I have, I have a four-year-old son who I'd like to, and I have one on the way. So I would like to watch them do events in the evening. So my wife was all for this and, and she's the breadwinner. I actually, we actually have discussed in the past me being a stay-at-home dad. So we're, we're in a rare position where making this jump wasn't quite as hard as it probably is for other people, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's the right choice and I, I am going to enjoy it. Yeah, my situation has some similarities to you. And, you know, I get the kids up every day. I get them off the bus and you, I work sometimes at 2 a.m. when no one can bug me. Uh, you will love it. And, and if you can balance your schedule and make it work, you will absolutely love it. I, I wish you all the best. And I think it's the best move you can make. Nice, nice. And I'm really looking forward to Fanball coming back. I, I love that site. It, this this time around, it's going to be a DFS site, but it's going to have content. And the DFS site, it, it, it has an even playing field. You only play against people who are at your level. It's going to be awesome. Scott, one more one more little hiccup before we get to SFB. I know that's that's the main event today, and that's that's the main topic of our pod. But I've got to ask you about Jay Ajayi. So, <laughs> so I know you've been – You've been a fan of his since way before he even entered the NFL. Yeah. I know along with SFB and all of your other accolades, you're also credited as the the creator of Devi Leagues. So I know you're, you were on JJ way before maybe anybody or at least way ahead of the curve. His career's kind of been up and down. There, we know about the injury talk uh, around draft time. And this seems crazy to say, but week one last year, he was a healthy scratch. Yep. And, and then he went on to have that that amazing season. So just tell us about, I guess, what it was that, that made you such a believer in JJ. I heard you were even maybe willing to take him over Odell Beckham in Dynasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think that's more of a brand joke thing. Uh, the, the trade that was proposed to me, though, I, I, I thought it was, you know, tight. But I, I'd probably take OBJ and, and the, the extra I can get there. In that uh, in that one deal, but yeah, JGI and Dynasty is interesting. Now, I'm I'm a Dynasty player who plays to win this year every year, so that's why I like Ajay so much. But if you're like even in the middle or rebuilding, I can totally understand wanting to sell JGI right now because I'm, I've never seen his value this high. I I I talked about him on podcasts. We're talking Debbie now. Uh, back when he was a sophomore in college. And this is the highest his value has ever been. And he's almost priced at his ceiling. So I definitely understand the desire to trade him right now, to sell him. I'm, I'm a buyer because I want to win now. But uh, yeah, it's, he's got an interesting value out there. Yeah, his, his ADP, according to DLF, has jumped 10 spots since, since just last month. You're welcome. Uh, Yes, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, it's all you. Yeah, you definitely had some. <laughs> you had some uh, effect on that for sure, and and there has been some good good news on him throughout the off season. So, but I, I agree with you. I think he is priced to a ceiling right now. I would I would be a seller on on him. His ADP is I think twenty or twenty one. So that's that seems like a good cash out spot mm-hmm. uh, for a running back with injury history and. Uh, and I don't know, is it fair to say questionable offense? Who knows what they're going to do? Yeah, exactly. It is. (laughs) And their line just can't stay healthy. If, if you tell me Pouncey's playing 16 games, I would really want a Jai, but I don't know that that's going to be the case. You know, I actually kind of like a Jai situation, you know, assuming his knee holds up. I mean, that's why he fell in the draft. Um, I think Tunsil is going to be one of the best, maybe the best left tackle in the league before long. The right tackle situation is good. 
But what shocked me a lot is Miami's a very, very aggressive team, especially in free agency, and they didn't address a guard position at all. And if Pouncey's out, which, you know, he's hard to count on, the interior of that line is really worrisome. Um, I do think Gase is a great creator of offense, and I think their three receiver sets will be their base offense, which helps Ajayi. But that interior offensive line, Scott, is certainly something to watch. Yeah, it, it really is. And uh, something I love about Gase as well is that he's always been a one-back guy or really fed one-back, and I think that's I think that's even another reason to love Ajayi this year. Scott, let's get on to the main event here, SFB, the Scott Fish Bowl. Uh, this year you've – You've added even more teams. It's up. Uh, you, I think you added 240 teams from last year. Yeah. Uh, up to a total of 720. You were on this time last year on, mm-hmm. on this same day, and, and you shared a little bit about the history of the Scott Fishbowl and, and how it's grown to what it is today. Uh, but go ahead and just share some of those same that same information maybe for our new listeners or just to give us a refresher. How did it get to this point where – essentially everybody in fantasy football is involved in this. Well, it started out the same format it is now as in, you know, analysts and uh, fans, but it was originally a reader league for my, my fantasy site FF Oasis back in the day. And we went around and just tried to get other analysts to play. Cause we realized uh, we wanted to have a big, nice, big 96 team league or whatever. And, you know, for a couple of years, it kind of, it kind of died a little bit. I mean, it was, it was 60 teams, 96 teams. And uh, I took a year off. And then when I came back, I wanted to really push it, really push it. Cause I wanted, I wanted a big community event. I wanted us to be able to get together because we're, we're so much stronger as a community. I learned that, especially running, running my site. Cause you, if you support each other, we can all grow. Right. So over the years, it's just grown and grown. And the more the more analysts that join, the more that want to join. And here we are several years later, and it, 5,000 plus people signing up, and I can only afford 720 spots. It's it's crazy. Only 720. Yeah, only 720. Well, I feel bad when I see the tweets that, or the emails uh, from people who just couldn't get in this year. It's probably the worst part about this. I, I feel bad I can't include everybody. What do you think it is about – about SFB that really draws people in, not only fantasy, fantasy analysts, but especially the fans. Well, I think the fans want to play with some of the, the big quote, big names in the industry, et cetera. Um, I know that uh, Al Seidenfeld has said that a bunch that, you know, when he was just starting out, he wanted to play with the guys that he listened to and watched. And I think that's a big draw for the fans. And I think a big draw for the analysts is not just playing with all your other a friend analysts, but also tackling on this, this new challenge every year of a, of a different scoring and, and actually having, actually having something to do in the middle of July when nothing else is going on in the fantasy industry. Well, you mentioned the scoring changes. Uh, that's, that's a great segue. I can tell you're a professional now. Uh, <laughs> let, let's talk about those because that has, that has been a big topic this year uh, as people prepare for, the SFB drafts that that kick off in just a few minutes. So go over some of the main scoring changes. And and I really want to hear about your motivation for making those changes. Well, this year was very different from the others. The other years I have tried to balance every position evenly and trying to make the scoring create chaos. So with every pick, you just, you weren't even sure which position was going to go. 
This year, I stripped everything away from it, turned it into a standard league, and added points per first down. Sure, tight ends get an extra couple and a half points uh, of a bump just to give them some at least some value. But I wanted everybody to focus on points per first down as either an alternative scoring method for their leagues or possibly something to incorporate in whatever settings they already have. I know that there's a big hill to climb and that first downs aren't on game centers. It's not the most readily available uh, scoring. I know you can find them on ESPN. You can find them on 444.com. You can find them a couple places. But I, I just thought this this is something that is very valuable at the NFL level, first downs are important in actual gameplay. And I thought, you know, that might be something that some leagues might want to adopt. That's pretty cool thought. I mean, if you're a big goofy tight end and it's third and four and you pick up a five yard catch, that's more valuable than it's third and 16. And you dump it to you in the middle of the field for five yards. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the exact way that I want people to see this, that, that those first downs, they're, they're valuable on the NFL level. Maybe they should be valuable in fantasy. So you mentioned the standard scoring, no points per reception, no PPR. I'm sorry. sorry, It it hurts. (laughs) Just tell me about why, why did you have to do it? You know, I, (laughs) It's about the focus. You know, I could have added PPR and made wide receivers a little more valuable and and even things out so the drafts would be even more chaotic than they're already going to be. But I wanted all the focus to be on that points per first down. And, uh, you know, if the more settings you add, the the more drowned out it might get. I, I am absolutely fine with PPR leagues. I, I, I'm starting to back away from using as much PPR as other people. But... You know, play what you enjoy. But this year, I wanted the focus to be on first downs. Scott, I know a lot of people have been studying these settings, uh, doing mock drafts and writing articles about this, which which has to be a little surreal for you. Uh, it is. But so many people are preparing themselves and helping others prepare for these drafts. I really want to get into your head, though, because I know you have the 1.02 pick in your draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the 1.01 pick. So I think I think our drafts have at least the potential to go in a similar fashion with with very similar uh, starting draft picks. I would love to hear your plan, your strategy uh, for your first round pick, and and especially that two three turn at at one point oh two. Is it does it have to be running back? I've seen some uh, cases made for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it almost certainly won't be. Antonio Brown or any wide receiver. Mm-mm. No, and I'm glad this will release after the first two rounds of my draft are probably <laughs> complete. So I'm probably going David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, whichever one drops to me, because I feel there's going to be a huge run on running backs. And every time a wide receiver goes before my next pick, I'm just going to smile. Thank you for taking the guy I wasn't going to take, you know. Uh, my, my plan at the current moment is running back and on the corner going two quarterbacks whatever two I can get, because I feel another weight, another 20 plus picks to that, to that uh, five, six corner or four five corner is going to be terrible for quarterbacks. I'm going to end up with Jared Goff or something there. I, I don't want that. Scott, that makes perfect sense. And I guess my follow-up question is, would you rather have one, two than one, one because Bell and Johnson are the same for you and you'll just take whoever falls. And then I guess the next question is, and I think you're playing that out really smart because that chasm from your third round pick to your fourth round pick is going to be a nightmare in the quarterback world. Who do you think you get with two and three? 
Uh, I have seen guys in the Cam Newton, Russell Wilson range, Mariota, Winston type range land on that back I was corner. Like Mariota, Winston. Yep, yeah. Yep. I've seen, I've seen guys like that land on that second corner and I will be completely content with two of those to pair with Le'Veon Bell in this format. I would think you do cartwheels to get Russell Wilson. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially with uh, all the, he, he gets a lot of first downs. Uh, he gets a lot of first downs, at least uh, the last couple of years with his legs, in fact, too. I would have rather had the 101, honestly, and that's just a pure management standpoint. I know the draft gets started off, and then for every other consecutive corner, I can just pick twice and then go back to what I was doing, you know, trying to make sure these leagues are running smoothly. So it has nothing to do with the draft. It's all <laughs> okay. about commissioning that I wish I would have picked the 101. Do you see a big difference, though, between Bell and Johnson? Uh uh, I like I like Bell's offense a lot more. So I know Johnson led the NFL in first. Or I think he led the NFL in total first downs, receptions, and and rushing last year. So uh, he probably I have him above Bell, but uh, I think there's a drop off after three. Honestly, so Scott, that's that's exactly my plan as far as uh, I'm taking David Johnson at 1.01, and that pick will be official in about five minutes from now. Uh, and then I'm planning on quarterback, quarterback as well at the turn. And looking at the, the SFB ADP over at two quarterbacks, uh, two QBs.com, uh, it looks like at the two, three turn, you can look, uh, you can look at someone like Cam Newton. You mentioned he's the 25th player off the board. Jameis Winston's 29 off the board. Matt Ryan is 30. Marcus Mariota, 31. Derek Carr, 32. So plenty of options. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but like you said, once you get down into the 40s, 50s, uh, you're looking at Andy Dalton, Eli Manning, uh, Carson Wentz, guys like that. So that's why I'm agreeing with you and, and likely going quarterback, quarterback at the 2-3 turn. If I feel really, really comfortable with one of the quarterbacks I get on that turn, I might wait for that second wave you know, as my backup, as my second quarterback, but I doubt it. I, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. Ryan, what happens if the disaster strikes and there's, you know, the Mariota Winston tier happens to get sucked up in the second round? What's like the worst quarterback you would take at the turn? I mean, if all of those guys I mentioned, I don't think all of those would be gone. I mean, I would. That's pretty inconceivable. Yeah, right? I, I would expect to be able to get at least one of those. But even if I'm reaching for Kirk Cousins, maybe at that point, I would probably just take one because if so many quarterbacks are gone, then then running backs are falling. So mm-hmm. if I d- if I got something like uh, Cousins, Demarco Murray, something like that, I would be I would be okay with that. Okay, that makes sense. You know what else we're okay with, Ryan? I bet you do. It's our buddies at Loot Crate. You're gonna be the envy of all your friends and get your 100% exclusive crates at LootCrate.com/slash/DynastyBlueprint. Enter our code DynastyBlueprint, and you're gonna save three dollars a month off every new subscription. That's already super cheap. And animation is the Loot Crate theme for July. So if you're on an epic quest for gear, housewares, collectible, Loot Crate has it all. It's the best surprise you know is coming every month. Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for already less than 20 bucks a month. Another 3 bucks off if you use our code. If you're the most fanatical fashionata, then try Loot Wear. If you want to get fancy, try a bigger box with even bigger loot from Loot Crate DX. Or if you want to geek out your pets, this is the best of me. Try Loot Pets. That's awesome. 
in Jalad's Loot Crate, you'll find items from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Bob's Burgers, Futurama, and Rick and Morty. That is from their, uh, this the, the code this month for their mega crate is of serious epic proportions. You have the 19th until 9 p.m. to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when that cutoff happens, it's over. Go to lootcrate.com slash Dynasty Blueprint, enter our code Dynasty Blueprint, and you already saved three bucks off an already cheap subscription. Scott, you talked about uh, likely avoiding wide receivers with your early picks. How far do you, or how long do you plan to wait to grab your first wide receiver? 17 rounds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I've, I really don't know. It's Every draft is so different that it's hard to play that out. I mean, I can, I, I've seen guys like Jordy go in the third and stuff. I, I'm not going to take one in the first three rounds, that's for sure. It's doubtful in the first ra- five rounds, but I think come six or seven, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to finally dive. Yeah, again, that we're, we're on the same page. That's what I was thinking. Um, not even really considering wide receiver until that 6-7 turn. Mm-hmm. Um, again, what kind of guys might you get there? Did Ryan, you still got the ADP in front of you? I, I do. I mean, you're still looking at like Stefan Diggs, Alshon Jeffrey. He's he, Al, Alshon Jeffrey wow. is ADP is 68 right now. Um, Boy, I'd take those two at that spot in a heartbeat. Right. Tyreek Hill, Golden Tate. Uh, Willie Sneed, Jamison Crowder, Martavis Bryant. So, I mean, still some decent options. Yeah. Uh, assuming if you've waited, if you've waited until six, you've got two quarterbacks and four wide res- uh, four running backs, or maybe maybe a tight end thrown in there. So it's you've definitely created a challenging format for us. Yeah. It's I I do think if if guys like a guy like Beckham slips to the second. He might not even be the best pick at that point, but can you can you pass it up? You know, looking at a guy like that, like it really messes with your mind. Yeah, his ADP is still uh, eight. He's the, which makes him the sixth overall player. So that would be a surprise. Um, yeah, but I'm like you. Take Beckham. Take Evans. Take Julio. Take all those guys. Let the running backs and the quarterbacks fall to me. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Scott, if you if you did have one of those later first round picks, I know we've talked about drafting from the one one, the one two spot. If you've got an eight, nine, ten, eleven pick, uh, what what's your strategy there? That, man, I have two strategies there, and it completely depends on the draft. My first thought is crazy enough, like a guy like Ajayi and a tight end, because tight end, you know, Gronk or Kelsey, one of them will probably be there. And tight ends score pretty wow. pretty highly in this. We're talking, I think Kelsey was a top 10 non-quarterback last year in this format. Um, my other idea is two stud quarterbacks. In a mock, I got Brady and Breeze around that quarter, and I pushed that narrative, and people started drafting quarterbacks right after me. So something better fell to me at the next turn. So uh, those would be my two ideas. I'd, I'd have to see which way the draft is going at that point. But those are two good strategies, a running back tight end and two quarterbacks. Scott, you kind of mentioned it, and my first thought is if you would nail those two Pro Bowl quarterback one types, all of a sudden you dictate what the rest of the league does a little bit. I mean, you put yep. a lot of pressure on a lot of people until your third pick, the quarterback, you might you might create a quarterback run. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Push force that mentality out there. It's 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 a smart move. It's it's it probably would work in a lot of leagues too. But what two would it have to be? Well, like I said in mine, I got Brady and Breeze, but I, I think I think if you get to the mm-hmm. point where you're ending a tier, I don't know if your tier is three or four or five, but if you're if you're the guy to take the last two of that tier, 
you might actually not push the run, but if you if you take the two like if you take one or two that start that next little drop off, I th- I can see definitely pushing a run. Mm-hmm. And Scott, it is uh, currently eleven oh three a.m. I just made my first round pick of David Johnson. The second pick in my uh, in my league was Le'Veon Bell. So we'll wait and see if one point oh three is Ezekiel Elliott or. Aaron Rodgers, or maybe maybe even a wide receiver. You never know. If you had one four and the top three backs are gone, do you definitely go Rodgers, or would you take RB4? I, I would take Rodgers. I think Scott would take Jay Ajayi. Uh, at, yeah, I'd, I'd probably lean running back. I just, I just feel I can wait on quarterbacks a little longer, but yeah. But that's a tough call for that's you. That's definitely a tough call. Yeah. Okay. Rodgers is going top five in almost every league, I think. I, I just feel like he will be. I've seen him as high as 1-1 in some people's minds. And people with the Zeke news, I've seen him at 1-3. So, Looking at the top 50 players of that ADP, again, over at 2QBs.com, uh, there are 15 quarterbacks in the top 50, 17 running backs, 14 wide receivers, and four tight ends. I think that math works out correctly. Uh, so pretty much what, what we would expect, and I think probably what you had in mind, Scott, to create kind of a balanced uh, scoring system, even with the disadvantage to wide receivers with no PPR and, and some of these other scoring settings, people are still just so used to drafting them early that we're still going to see Brown and Julio and Beckham and Evans go in the first round or, or mm-hmm. maybe early in the second round. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And and the I've actually seen mocks where five wide receivers go in the first, which I thought was a little ridiculous, but it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen. People people can't switch out of that mentality too easily, I found. I, I would imagine, I mean, 720 people in this draft, there's 100 or two of them that don't read the rules well enough too. <laughs> you know, that just uh, treat it like another mock. Does, do you think that, or like another fantasy draft? Do you think that's true? Uh, Maybe not that many, but you know. Yeah, it's 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 definitely going to be. It's every draft is going to be super different because you have so many different personalities and and you know there's varying levels of skill sets. So I think that's what makes this just so unpredictable. And and that's what makes it fun, of course. Sure. Uh, Scott, let's talk a little bit about how SFB has impacted you as a, a dynasty owner and a dynasty commissioner. If you're starting a brand new dynasty league today, would you use this SFB scoring format? No, probably not. Okay, um, <laughs> that's a that's a pretty quick uh, pretty quick answer there. But <laughs> yeah, it's I would probably have something that has that evens things out a little more. Um, I, I would probably add a little bit of PPR, a little bit of points per carry, probably throw in some first downs. There's, I, I would definitely, I would definitely have it be different. That's for sure. I, I just really wanted to focus on first downs for this league. Yeah, I know this. I know just the scoring settings in general are something through SFB and through your Capitalist Pigs leagues and and all of your other leagues that you've run over the years. I know that's something that you have tried to to really perfect, um, and and we've all benefited from that. Yeah, it's, it's it's something I take a lot of pride in, and I'm working on something for next year's league that that really does that, and it really makes the uh, quarterbacks more valuable. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting for one quarterback leagues. What I, what I'm working on is to try to make the gap between you know throughout the field of quarterbacks 
like such a huge range that it actually makes a lot more sense to grab a top quarterback, even in one quarterback leagues in the scoring I'm working on currently, which is going to be crazy. Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you use this league and it's such a big sample size with over 700 people as kind of a test experiment. Like, okay, let's, <laughs> yeah, but we, you know, we'll tweak the scoring system this year and make the, and we'll do the first down experiment in 2017. Next year we'll do something else. And I mean, is that kind of how you view it? Like, boy, that didn't quite work. Let's go back to the drawing board and always perfecting this beast. Stop telling my secrets, man. (laughs) I'm just figuring you out. Yep. That's a, that's, that's a big piece of, that's a big piece of this. That's for sure is, is me trying to, trying to see what 700 people or whatever it is each year thinks of something and how they prepare for it, how they react to it. Uh, It's, it's definitely, definitely in, in play there. Do you do defense and special teams? Uh, no, I do not. I okay. I mean, these leagues have return touchdowns for that, but it doesn't have anything else besides just the return touchdowns. This is slightly off topic, but I always thought in leagues that have defense and special teams, if your defense wins their game, you should get points. Yeah, yeah, that, it, it does make sense. And it, I think one of the things I wish that defenses wouldn't get credit for like Pick sixes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, makes me crazy. Yeah, right. it's yeah, but but uh, yeah, I can I can definitely see that, and I think that's a reason a lot of people play IDP too as well. Scott, what what have you taken from SFB? Just your experience running that over the years that you've been able to use in dynasty leagues. Mostly, it's mostly scoring. I don't think there's a lot of other factors that I've I've taken over to my dynasty leagues. It's mostly scoring and roster uh, construction. I like a lot of flexes. I like knowing that you have to construct a roster, uh, a roster setting at least that that creates value among all the different positions. I will say though, two tight end that is something I played with, thought about doing. Tight ends just aren't deep enough to do that, so don't do that. I'll up the tight end value somehow, somehow else, somehow else. Is that like your biggest dilemma right now? Is how to make the tight end a little more? Absolutely. Feasible? Every year, every year it's okay. a struggle to make yeah. the tight ends valuable and and it it gets harder because the drop-off comes so much quicker now like uh, after i've never been in one i've never been in one of those leagues where it's like a point and a half per reception for tight end do they work they do work somewhat i don't know that that's quite enough though honestly in a, in okay. a lot of ways this one i mean this one tight ends get two and a half points per first down and regular and running and receiving are just one point for running backs and receivers. So I really had to boost it to give them any value. Scott, we talked uh, earlier about how SFB has grown, not only from last year to this year, but, but every year, really. What does the future of, of SFB look like? Is it, is it going to, are you going to increase the number of teams again next year? I, what, I can, what else do you have in mind? I can almost guarantee it. I can almost guarantee it. I feel terrible that so many can't get in. Uh, I don't think people are going to mind if every division is six analysts and six fans. In fact, I think, I think they might actually like it. Uh, I'm highly considering 1080 next year, which is a huge jump, but the demand is there. The, the demand is just there and I think I can handle it. I think I, I can barely handle this and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking I can handle 360 more teams, but what you need to do now is hire an intern. I know. I know. I, I've, I've had people offer. Somebody out there listening will certainly offer. Yeah, I've, I've had offers. I just offers for that. But I just, I don't know. There's so much I, I, 
I want to like keep my mind around every little piece of it myself. I worry about delegating, but it's probably the way I'll have. And, to and when I say hire, I mean don't give them anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, you you mentioned the uh, just the number of people who you had to turn away, and I know you you hate to do that. You feel bad about that. So what's your best advice to someone who wants to get into next year's league SFB eight? How can they do that? Uh, or what gives them the best chance to do that? I guess. Satellites and contests, Ab- satellites and contests are the best absolute ways to get in. There's, there's, there's really no, there's no way around that. That you're, you're fighting against in a satellite, you're fighting against 11 other people in contests. It's maybe 50 to a hundred. Uh, just using the signup form, you're, you're trying to get a spot over thousands. It's, I think it would, this year it was like a 12 to one or 13 to one ratio, maybe 17 to one. I don't remember what it ended up being, but your odds of getting in when it's just the signup are not good. Do you know how many people you had signed up this year in total? When I last checked, when I shut off the signups, it was just over 5,400. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sure you don't have this problem with, you know, analysts, like the people who do this for a living, but do you ever have people that, you know, kind of kill the drill? Like they get in and then they don't really do what you ask them. Not too many. I mean, we have people who change their names to things that aren't, you know, don't go well with my code. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, this thing is so automated that I, I need people to keep their name in a format. And I know that's hard for some people. They want to, you know, give themselves a goofy team name. Um, but I don't think I, I usually don't have too many issues with this league. I mean, people are so ramped up for it that they, they really pay close attention and, and they do a good job. Cool. Do you think you'll have anybody choosing tight end David Johnson with the 1.01 pick? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not, man. It's, I, I will say this. If you are listening and you're getting to this early enough, do not use an app to draft in this league. I have all, I've been running about 30 other drafts over the last month. And that app is messing up on draft picks constantly. So actually go to the MFL site. Yeah, I was just thinking. I get the nightmare scenario would would be somebody takes David Johnson tight end one point oh one and David Johnson running back pre draft one point oh two. Yeah, I can just yeah. envision Ryan checking now. Like, did I take the right David Johnson? I took the right one. I already, <laughs> I already double checked. <laughs> yeah, the tight ends it for a big year though. Yep. Yeah, they they get a lot of value. Ryan, Ladarius Green isn't there. I mean, come on. Right, he's ready to step up. I've been at camp. Oh, well. Well, Scott, I know uh, SFB is obviously a passion of yours, but maybe an even bigger passion for you is is Fantasy Cares and your work with Toys for Tots. So let's wrap it up today by you sharing a little bit of that and, and how SFB plays a role in that. Yeah, Fantasy Cares is what I run my satellites through this year. Fantasy Cares is a, a thing I started about three or four years ago, and it originally started just to help a couple of GoFundMes that were on Twitter. And then uh, you know, I talked to Jeff Miller and he was doing a thing for toys for tots and is, that's something I was passionate about as well. So I, I kind of took over the mantle of it. We, we split it for, for a year or two there, uh, the, what the donations were, but this year it's just, 
Fantasy Cares, you can donate. You can play in satellites, and the satellites will get you SFB entry. But we buy a ton of toys for kids every Christmas. We go in, we shop, fill shopping cart after shopping cart, post all the receipts and the pictures. Last year, we had over $6,000 worth of toys. This year, we're over 11000 now. $11,000 worth of toys that we're going to, we're going to go buy. And I, I will definitely be tweeting and periscoping all of that. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to make a lot of Christmases. That's awesome. And I, I, I saw even on your timeline that you heard from some folks who benefited from that when they were, uh, when they were kids, which is, it just has to be a, a cool feeling. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And it's amazing to bring my four-year-old son with and to have him, each year more and more get to learn what we're doing here, why we're doing this. You know, it's, it's a good lesson for him. Well, that, that is really awesome, Scott. And we can't say enough good things about what you do, not only for the fantasy football community, but uh, your community there with toys for tots and, and just how you're helping so many people just really, really commend you for that. Yeah, it's, it is, uh, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that this whole community is doing. It's not, it's not just me. I'm organizing it, but it's all of us doing this. Well, Scott, I don't know if you want people to find you today. You might, you might want to kind of go <laughs> incognito, but tell us where we can find your work. Yeah, you can find my work uh, coming up as soon as content launch happens uh, at Fanball. Uh, we're going to launch content later this month and the site will launch next month. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at scottfish24, the Bull Rush podcast. Just follow me there and you'll, you'll find out what I'm doing. Great awesome. stuff, Scott. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint. <laughs>